The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We are now joined by college football royalty. We are truly not worthy. Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, likely first overall pick in the draft here in the flesh. And it was great when you walked up because finally somebody taller than the green giant that I have to deal with all the time. How are you? Uh, yeah, he's looking good, though. He's, I'm not messing with him anytime oh, yeah. soon. No, I'm, I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on here and, you know, fired up about the whole day. So, yeah, I mean, what tell us like what, what's, you know, I mean, what, what, what's going through your head right now? I mean, but like he said, potential first-round pick. Right. Is it surreal? You know, is this something you expected a few years ago and saw it on the horizon? What's, what's your mindset there? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely something I didn't expect a few years ago. You know, I think uh, a lot of the cards got to go in your favor in order to be, right. you know, the first overall pick with the whole quarterback situation and, and all of those other, you know, external factors. But, um, you know, I've worked very hard up to this point, and, um, you know, I've kind of had this, this very interesting climb um, you know, right to the top, right. and um, you know, from from my junior year till now, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's such a blessing to be to be up here, and and you guys saying these things about me, it's it's, it's really cool to hear it, and I'm it's still something that I'm uh, that I'm trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, yeah and, and millions of kids have the dream to play in the NFL, be a star player, but for you, it's going to be a reality, and part of the reason is you're six foot six. At what point in your life did the switch flip for you, where you said, "Holy crap." I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be bigger. I'm going to be faster. I'm going to be stronger. I got a chance to really do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I was always a, uh, a tall, skinny kid and no weight to me. And then in high school, I started, you know, those, those winter cycles, you bulk up, you know, you put on that weight and I kept growing. And then I think I, I was like a junior when I got the six, six, I was like two fifty probably. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I, I, I might have a chance, and I was committed to Michigan at that point. And so um, and ever since then, I just hit the ground running, and I was just working my tail off trying to get to the point that I am today. And then now, uh, you know, in April when I start this next chapter, we're going to keep this train rolling. Well, I'm always fascinated by that, like, transit. I've seen your parents, right? I've seen yeah. pictures, and they're, they're big people. Right. Uh, like, tell, tell us, like, when you came in your freshman year, like, what yeah. were you weighing? What were the measurables? What are you now, like, compared to then? Well, when I was a when I was a freshman, I was probably 250. Right. Um, so I was I was already fairly developed when I got to college. Okay, all right, and, you were. Um, that's different. Yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty. Not, not not I was always a late bloomer, but I mean I worked really hard to you know keep my weight up and, you knew and weight all room and things. all that was important. That's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, right. And uh, so now I'm like 265, but like body fat percentage yeah shredded like i mean we're here (laughs) and um you know getting that body fat percentage as low as possible right before i get to that combine and then i can uh light light that thing up yeah 40s vertical oh yeah all that underwear tests you got it all coming (laughs) how surprised were you that your college coach jim harbaugh almost pulled up stakes and moved out of town i uh i expected i thought he was gone i was texting some of the guys on the on the team saying like what's next like who's who's gonna be the next head coach and um you know i found out he's coming back i was kind of surprised just because you know we never had this much this much success at michigan and um you know i thought this if this if there was a year it would be this year for him to leave but i guess he's he's in it for the long run now so yeah 
Or at least until next year. <laughs> Until more rumors start popping up. Right. He's, 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 he's a Vikings fan, so he was all hopeful he was going to get there. I, hey, hey, look, ball. he's a good coach, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's Great a good coach. coach. Yeah. What's he going to yeah. say? I mean, what a dumb question that is. <laughs> but he's a good coach. Yeah, sure. Well, this is living proof okay. of it. He turned him into the first Fine. overall pick in the draft. Fine. Yes. I mean, his skills and hard work had yes. something. <laughs> he got coached I well. Got that. Yes, no, he is That's right. That's right. He's a good coach. He thinks he's a better coach than I do. Um, all right. Other thing I want to ask you. Like, NFL on the horizon – What's the thing you think about your game where you just go, man, this is a different game. I need to get better in this area. Like, what's your one kind of focus just as far as physical on-the-field play? Um, to be honest with you, I think my game is going to flourish um, in the NFL just because I, I watch a lot of NFL film right. and I see the differences in the game, just yeah. the way those quarterbacks hold on to that ball That's what I mean. It's, longer, it's better like, for pass rush. 100%. Right. So I look right. at that, I, I'm licking my chops because yeah. you go to college, you get so many RPOs, balls out like that, you and you get, get to there. the quarterback, right. but you hit him and no sack, no nothing. Right. So yeah. I think um, when I get to the NFL, I'm going to light it up and yeah. uh, I'm going to do what I do. And uh, that's, uh, you know, rushing the pass. Dude, you are my mofo. Sex. You hear this guy? Great. I'm going to light it up. <laughs> hey. I'm ready. It's made for me. You're the man. What, what, what's, your, what's your primary motivation, though? Is it to be the first overall pick, or is it to land in a spot where you say, you know what, I fit with this coach, I fit with this scheme, I fit with this team, I'm going to be better off here, even if it means not being the first overall pick? Are you, are you weighing that out in your mind as we get closer to April? Yeah, for sure. I mean, culture um, – and, uh, and and scheme and all that is definitely the priority because you know I want to be on a team that that um, that I know I'll be able to produce a lot and um, you know they, they have a great culture and uh, you know I, it, at the end of the day you know I, I don't get to pick so well soapbox that, time for me because he knows how I am about this don't you wish you could pick your team at the next level you don't have to tell us which team you want to play that's for. right don't you wish you could pick just it, like it, you it, pick it Michigan? would be cool yeah it would be it would be cool but unfortunately that's not how the world, yeah, exactly the world right. works I'm trying to change the world <laughs> yeah he's trying to fight me I'm trying to change the world so Aiden Hutchinson can decide where he wants to play in the <laughs> all right so um, he's got no answer for no, 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 because I don't agree. The NFL's kind of working. Look, the team that stunk two years ago got the number one pick, and they're in the Super Bowl. It's working, okay? So now next thing is, I mean, you're about to be rich, all right? Yeah. Auto traders paying you all this money today That's right. to come here That's and talk right. to us. Like, what's, what's the first thing? You seem to have a plan about everything. Yeah. What's the first thing? You're gonna buy yourself. Like, what's the the, the big thing here? We're talking watch, car, houses. What yeah, is it? What no, you that's a that's a big reason why I'm partnering with Auto Trader because you know my first my first purchase uh, in the pros is gonna be that car. Yeah, and they got a wide selection, especially with their uh, their their best new cars for 2022. So I'm definitely gonna be checking that out and definitely gonna be looking at maybe like. A Ford Bronco or, or a Jeep Gladiator, something something along those lines. That looks so. like you. You look like a Ford Bronco. Kind that, of yeah, guy. I appreciate you that. Do. Thank you. you Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Man, this guy's a pro. I got a Ford F one fifty Raptor. He's a that <laughs> would probably surprise you and you. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. that with, along with your other hundred thousand dollars Ford stock. Just stop. Auto Trader dot Awesome too. Working the pitch right in. That's like right. seasoned Seamless. pro. Seamless. Hey, this guy's gonna be great. This I'm guy's impressed. gonna be awesome. I'm we're, we're, and it's. And we're so glad that we got a chance to talk to you. We wish you have a great day, and uh, congratulations on your success. And uh, Yeah, way to go, uh, man. It was an yeah, awesome refu- yeah. Refuse really to fun. go to the team that picks you if you don't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're the man. Good luck. Taylor, the lone running back. Taylor's got it. Nice off. Oh. He could go all the way. Far sideline 40. He's to the 30. They're trying to chase him down to the 10. Joining us now on behalf of the FedEx Air and Ground NFL Player of the Year Awards is Jonathan Taylor. Voting ends tomorrow night, so cast your vote now for Jonathan Taylor at NFL.com, who has raided Rob Lowe's closet, apparently. Fan of leagues, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe with the hat a couple years ago with the NFL shield on. Now we got the T-shirt with the NFL shield. I love it, though. I think it's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you two having me on here. I mean, it, it's a pleasure. You always, you know, listen to you two and then finally being able to be here and interact. Oh, man, with look you at you. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Look See, he's you. lying. He's he doesn't want it. He he's look kissing that, up. Right. He's kissing he's up. Smart. He's trying to build up some he's equity. Smart. He's a guy Jonathan. from Jersey. He gets it. Jonathan, let me tell you this, though. Two years ago, I interviewed at Scouting Combine. I'm sure you don't remember because you were in the middle of the, 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 you know, the blender. It was supposed to be him, too, but he was, he was, he was very ill. He was very ill, I'll so he missed up. the interview. Yeah, so I had to miss so. it, man. But we 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 hooked up uh, during the draft process, and, and we hit up. We talked to each other a little bit, like Zoom that time. So yeah, we got a little little personal relationship that way. I mean, first off, tell me about 
you know, hey, what's it mean? Running back, leading the league in rushing, like dream come true type of stuff this year? I, I, it's Like you mentioned, it's amazing. It's a dream come true. I mean, you're a running back, and part of trying to be the best player, the best running back you can be is leading whatever conference league you're in. So leading the NCAA in rushing that season or leading the NFL in rushing. So, I mean, it was amazing, and it was a special thing to share with those guys up front because they don't get a lot of glitz and glamour. You know, they get a great job offensive line, great job. They, they're they the ones paving the way. But it's no, these guys are the ones making it happen. They make it go. You got a group in front of you. But what was it like to what you're explaining right there? What took so long for the run game to get going this year? What do you think was the finally like the, the light bulb moment for Frank Reich or the team that was like, we got to start giving this guy the ball more? I mean, we're definitely getting reps together with one another. I mean, everyone deals with injuries throughout camp. So we had quarterback, offensive line, a couple of different players in yeah, and out. Right. Um, you know, one, yep, one person comes back, another person is down. So finally getting everyone back together right. and then getting those accumulated reps. And that's what you want. Over the course of the season, you should be getting better and better and better. And I think that's what we did. And speaking of reps, you had 232 carries as a rookie. And you had exactly 100 more, 332, in your second year. How do you feel physically after having that many attempts as a running back in the NFL? I, I feel great, but I think that's a testament to the coaches and the strength and conditioning staff being open, working with the players, knowing, hey, where do we need to pull back some? Where do we need to pour more into to make sure each week we still got the exact amount of work that we needed to to be prepared each and every single week? I, I know you're Johnny preparation. I can already tell. I know that. You're like Mr. Work Ethic. Like, tell me, season's over. How long we wait? And what's the off-season regimen? Because it's, it's running back. I know you're a freak of nature. But the good ones, like, like you're talking about, they work, too. You know, how do you kind of go about your off-season and getting yourself ready again? You definitely have to take that break. I mean, there's nothing more that will recover you than rest. Right. So you need at least two weeks of just rest. Right. Like you just, your body's been going, going, going. You need just rest. Then you just start prepping the body back up again, doing little mobility things, stretches, just to get the body mobile, right. get it loose. And then you start ramping up a little bit. You start doing little things on the bike. You start doing some band work. Right. And you start transitioning into weights. And then once you build your body armor up, you're feeling really strong. You're feeling great. It's time to hit the field, and it's time to start, you know, right. doing drills, change of direction, football drill, bag drills. Um, so it's, I like to progress through it, but right. the first thing after the season rest. is rest. You just got to let all of that swelling and inflammation just go down. Will you get to a point this off season at the end of that process where you'll be like, you know, like Mike is sometimes just in the weight room, power cleans, maxing <laughs> out. <laughs> like, will you still not, like, with an all serious note, will you do that, like, major heavy weight kind of workouts? Uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in building your body armor up over the course of the off season. Right. Over the course of the season, your body is going to induce wear and tear no matter what position you play. So the best thing you can do is come in with your body armor, your body in tip-top shape. And so instead of going here on a steady decline, it's, it's here. Right. It's gradual. Right. It's gradual. So you're able to maintain throughout the season. Yeah. Well, you guys were the team that I think no one wanted to see in the playoffs. I think you guys would have been in a position to really make some noise and beat some teams and maybe even be here. And so we have to ask. I mean, when you look at what happened, the Saturday night game, you had an awesome performance against the Patriots, won that game. Christmas night, special night, you go out and beat the Cardinals. Yeah. What, what, when you look back on it, and I hate to bring up a – but we got to know. What happened to keep the Colts from finishing the deal and getting to the playoffs? I, I think it's definitely execution. I mean – and that happened a couple times in the beginning of the season. You right. know, when you're, you're in that fourth quarter, how do you finish teams? Whether you're up by a lot, whether you're just up by a touchdown, a few points, you need to finish teams. And I, I think that's something that we didn't, we didn't get to do those last two games of the season. Um, and going into this year, especially the talk has been whatever it takes. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you going to do? How, how selfless are you going to be? What are you going to put to the side and say, I can't do that, or I need to spend more time here? Whatever it takes in order to be all in, in order to make sure we get to where we need to go at the end of the year. And the owner of the team has been saying that repeatedly. I mean, he's done videos on Twitter. And, and does that resonate with the players when the guy who's in charge, the guy who signs the checks, is saying, hey, everybody, we're going all in. If you're not all in, get all out. 
It, it definitely does. And, and just a matter of fact that just from top to bottom, the Colts organization as a whole is second to none as far as that family atmosphere, being able to truly care for each and every single player and understanding like, hey, like you mentioned, you need to be all in. If you're in the building, you need to be all in. If not, you need to be all out. And I think that's something as a group, as a player, as we decided like, hey, this offseason, use this as fuel and be ready to be all in, whatever it takes, each and every single day, each and every single week. You think like, like I mean, this is natural human emotions, but like human complacency, seeing the Jaguars on the schedule, just thinking, wait, they won one game the whole year. We're, we're a playoff team. Like, do you think that crept into your locker room or the thought of the team going into that Week 18 matchup? I don't think that crept in yeah. because everyone knows. I mean, even last season, the final game of the year, right. that game was, was close. Right. It, that game was close. We had to win to get in. Right. So we know a divisional matchup game, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what the records are, especially in a division game. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. And it's just a matter of fact of just being able to finish. When you're able to have some momentum, you're able to put some points up, being able to still – keep your foot on the gas, and just finish opponents. Yeah, yeah. Where do you need to improve? I mean, when you have such a special season, youngest player in league history with 2,000 yards from scrimmage and to get 20-plus touchdowns, how do you find a way to push yourself to the next level when you're already at pretty much the highest level you can be at? Now, you're definitely definitely looking forward to being able to excel in the, in the passing game as far as coverages on the move you know as you're releasing to the route looks like it looks like two from the pre-snap but then as the snap goes on okay what are they getting into now what were they trying to disguise so you know being able to do that as a runner being able to see a certain front and then once the play starts you have a predetermining factor I think the ball's going here and read it on the move playing fast now doing the same thing in the passing game okay as the snap goes what are we doing what am I seeing okay maybe I can sit this down or I can break this out I see a void here you're you're I mean, you're a freak of nature. You really are. There's rare running back that can kind of run between the tackles like sledgehammer and then also be like, oh, see you later. I'm running for an 80-yard touchdown. It's rare. It really is. And I like what you're saying about the pass game because that seems where it's going next. What are, like, give me – Who's a running back that you look up to in the NFL right now that's playing where you go, man, his game is real. Like, I really have a lot of respect for what he does. So, one, I definitely love Nick Chubb. Just as a pure runner, yeah. just Nick Chubb. Is that between the tackles? Um, he's, he's like you in a lot of ways. He's able to just run through defenders. Right. He's able to make people miss. They're just falling off of him. Yeah. Um, but then also I definitely love watching um, Dalvin Cook and, and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook. You can just see those subtle cuts that he makes. They're really quick. They're really decisive. And then Christian McCaffrey, I mean, if you want to be he, excellent in the passing game, right. uh, if you want to you really right. want to excel, yeah. I mean, that's the guy you should be watching. Right. As a running back in the NFL, and Chris uses the term all the time, car crashes. You're in car crash hits all the time. Two years into the NFL, who has hit you the hardest and who have you hit the hardest? Who has hit me the hardest? Definitely, I, I would have to say, um, Zach. Um, from uh, well, actually, he's not with uh, Houston anymore. Oh, I think he's down Cunningham. In Tennessee. I think Cunningham. He's in Tennessee. Yeah, they released him late in the year, and he's um, down with the Titans. Yeah, right. so uh, he he definitely he got, got you good. He, he got me really good. He got me really good. Like pass game, <laughs> or just like you saw it coming, he squared you up, and he yeah, gave it, it, it that was way. pass game, and he kind of hit the brakes a little bit. The kind of I guess because on film you can see he was going, going, going. Right. Hit the brakes a little bit, then hit the gas. I mean, so I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a, a hands game. Let me, you know, be able to strike, reset my hands, and he just oh, right pass there. protection. Yeah, it was pass protection. You had to deal <laughs> that, with that. That was my rookie year, so he definitely, oh. he definitely got me good there. Um, and then hit the hardest. Um, I, I mean, I know I had a couple hard runs my rookie year versus Jacksonville, for a fact, especially going towards away from our locker room. Where you laid the wood on some guys, yeah. you got like I thought I got in the miles end zone. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I got into the end zone, though, but I was down short at the one. How excited do you get though when you get past the first two levels and you know it's a defensive back that you can maybe try to plow over? That, that's when you gotta relax. When you get when you get to that level, you gotta relax because you're in the open field. You're like, oh, I, I'm here. I can I can make something happen, but you gotta relax, stay calm. You really have to think. That's what I noticed. So you don't trip and fall or yeah, get that's too what, anxious. You know, that, that's what I noticed. You really have to relax when you break through to that third level. 
you wait, look up wait, at the board? This... Do you look up at the board to see who's chasing you at that point? Because I know a lot of guys do that. I've done that once. I've done that once, and a, a lot of times I just look back. I just look back, and a couple of the vets are like, man, use, use the board. Use the board. What are you doing? <laughs> wait, the dude is so fast that in the, the Patriots game, when he broke the run at the end of the game, he was running away from J.C. Jackson and looking at the sidelines. Whether the, I saw you say this on the uh, – your, your hard, knock. hard knocks, <laughs> where he was looking at the sideline as he was running for the touchdown to see maybe if they were telling him to go down. That's when you kind of know you're fast, man. <laughs> that, that was actually insane. Um, usually we have a call going in like, hey, we're in church, church mode. Yeah, like, right. You know, go down. Yeah. We didn't get that call. So everyone's in the, in the huddle like, you know, what's the mode here? And, you know, a couple guys, some of the vets are like, man, I, I think we're in church mode. Other guys are like, I don't know. So I'm just double-checking. <laughs> double-checking sure. on the way. Look at you. What a good player. He's just running for touchdowns and checking with the coaches on the way doing it. Go to NFL.com right now. Vote for Jonathan Taylor for the FedEx Ground Player of the Year. The yeah. voting it's is open be. until tomorrow. And you. Thursday night, uh, Jonathan Taylor, quite possibly the Offensive Player of the Year for the 2021 season. I don't Great feel to confident see about that one for you. I'm sorry. Um, Cooper, Listen, you got some competition I'm, in that I'm department. Cooper Cup? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> yeah. Mean, he's an animal. Well, next year when he breaks the record of the guy who was here yesterday, Eric Dickerson. Right. Get 2,106. Get 2,106. It's no big deal. Get then it. it's MVP. Then it's offensive play. Then it's everything. And then right. it's Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, Jonathan. Great seeing you, pal. Thank you guys so much. You're the man. The week rolls on here at the NFL Experience and the set of PFT Live. And joining us now, and I have yet to understand how we're going to find out. Yeah. How Gerard Mayo, the Patriots inside linebackers coach, got the dispensation from Bill Belichick. Right. Well, this seems like rules. an anti-Belichickian move, rules. Gerard. How'd you pull this off? I didn't tell coach. I don't know. I don't buy it. <laughs> I'm off the clock. I've been interviewing for head coaching jobs. I'm off the clock. <laughs> That's awesome. How you doing, man? What's what's going on? What's life been like, first off? Just, like, explain to people, you know, life going from, you know, player in the NFL, middle linebacker, to now coach, right, climbing the ranks, being talked about for future head coach positions. You know, explain that transition and what was that like for you. Yeah, you kind of missed a step there as well. You know, when I retired from playing football, I actually worked in business for three years uh, at Optum or United Health Group. So I did that for three years, ended up being vice president of uh, business development, and then uh, came back and started coaching. You know, I, I missed it. I missed being around the guys. I missed developing the guys. But, you know, at the same time, I just enjoyed developing people as a whole and helping people get to where they want to be. And anytime I get, you know, a group of guys, linebackers, DBs, doesn't matter who they are, I want to help them get to where they want uh, want to be when they grow up. So, I'm always fascinated, <laughs> Gerard, by those big decisions. And you, you found yourself a post-football career. You were having success. How long did you wrestle with this idea of, you know, I'm going to stay on this path versus I'm going to go back into the grind, work harder than I ever did before because I know how hard the coaches work in New England. How long did you have to wrestle with it before you decided to do it? I wrestled, I wrestled a long time with it. And honestly, my wife, you know, Bill called my wife first and asked her if, if, he, if she would let me coach, which I thought was funny. And I was on the road so much, you know, working in corporate America that it was actually uh, easier as far as my travel schedule was concerned um, to come back here to New England. But I missed the locker room, missed being around the guys, and honestly, I uh, wouldn't do it any other way. I thought really my time there working as a low-level coach would have scared him off it for sure. I mean, he used to call me he used to call me crab. Him and Vince Wilfork used to call me crab and I was like, "What are they calling me crab for? I don't get it." What is it? And I finally put it together. They were calling me crap because I was like a bottom feeder. I was on the bottom of the ocean cleaning up the crap there. So that, it, it didn't scare you. I guess I guess you're you're loving no what doubt. you're doing. Um, like, no doubt. One thing, Gerard, that I'm, I'm fascinated by, maybe you could, like, explain this to people out there. I, what is it about – it seems like linebackers are more apt to get into coaching – and want to be head coaches. Is there something there that you look at about that position that maybe translates to the game in a different way? 
Yeah, we're linebackers are the quarterbacks of the defense. Yeah. You know, we have to know what's going on up front. We have to know what's going on behind us. And the same thing on the other side, a lot of these quarterback coaches or offensive guys are former quarterbacks. Right. You know, you look at Kevin O'Connell, who just went to Minnesota or was going to Minnesota after they played in the Super Bowl. But, you know, these guys, you know, the linebacker position is the quarterback of the defense, and you have to conceptually know the entire defense. You have to know how offenses offenses are trying to attack you. So, uh, and they're usually your smartest players. So if you kind of like split it right down the middle, it's your safeties and your linebackers are hopefully your smartest players on the field. Right. You played with Tom Brady in New England, and he's made a little news the past week or so. He he had us on retirement watch for a week or two, and now less than a week after that, we're on Tom Brady unretirement watch. Do you have a gut feeling as to whether or not he's truly done? Because he's already talking like a guy who's going to come back. Not, not, you know, honestly, he's not coming back. Look, Tom is the ultimate competitor. I kind of look at it just the same way I looked at Kobe when he was finished. When Kobe finished playing basketball, he went into a bunch of different ventures. And Tom has already started pivoting into different ventures off the field, whether it's the crypto thing he was doing. I'm sure, you know, he has the production company. He has TB12. He has the clothing line. He has a bunch of different things that, you know, quite honestly, there's nothing else for him to accomplish here in football. What else is there for him to do? At this point, it's all about, all right, what is the next challenge? And that's just the kind of guy that Tom is. Uh, Gerard, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated in, like, the fact of uh, player, okay, you New England way, middle linebacker, Belichick, everybody coaching you. Now, tell me what the difference is with Belichick. Now you're working for him in a different way. Like, what? tell me anything new you've learned about him from the coach's perspective as compared to when you were playing middle linebacker for him. Yeah, that he has a light side. You know, he has a lighter side with the coaches. <laughs> but but in, all, in, all, in all honesty, though, I would say, you know, working for Bill has been great. Uh, he's, he's a leader of men. He actually breaks down the game. He's the, he's the ultimate teacher. At the same time, I would say he has also evolved as the players have evolved, right? And so it's a different group of players than we had 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, the attention span is different. The toughness is a little bit different. But at the same time, these guys are, you know, they're very skilled athletes that can go out there and play ball on a down-after-down basis. And he's evolved as a coach, which I think is uh, spectacular. He had interviews this year with the Broncos and the Raiders for their vacant head coaching positions, vacant at the time, obviously. What did you learn about yourself going through that process? Uh, I, I learned that I'm on the right track. And, and that was one of the reasons, uh, I should say, that was the reason that I even took those interviews. Um, you know, did I have a chance to get the job or not? I don't know. And that's for, the, for those teams to decide. Uh, but at the same time, I always take advantage of opportunities to grow. And those opportunities to sit in front of, you know, the top of the top, you know, the GMs, the, the owners of teams, those are opportunities that I don't want to turn down. And um, as far as like what I learned about myself, I learned that I could I could I could work in those circles. I could talk to a bunch of different people, and I think that comes from my background. And when we talk about diversity, I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit. But when we talk about diversity, it's not only diversity as far as skin color. There's also diversity of thought. There's also diverse, generational diversity. And I think all of those pieces are important when you're trying to lead a group of men and women to go after that common goal, which is a Super Bowl victory. Yeah, well, that's why you're going to be a head coach one day. I know it. You, you've got everything, the, all the all the things that make a good head coach. I really believe that. Uh, and and just the way, it. man, you really do. The way you acted as a player, I witnessed it. The way you act now, I'm, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It really is. I think it's on the horizons for sure. Here's another one I got for you because we're same generation. We played against each other in some preseason football games. God, I hope like, I hit you hard. I, I, you know, I just had gone back. <laughs> I had just got one of my first games back after I lost my spleen. We played the the New England Patriots. I think it was 07 maybe, in a, in a, and it was one of Mayo's first games, and they were working them in. They were trying to make him the starter right away. He played like the whole damn game, I felt like. But, wait, you know what's crazy? And I don't know, maybe maybe I'm crazy. But is it not yes. like I am? Is it not amazing? Are you not amazed as compared to the quarterbacks now as compared to when we were in the league or the quarterbacks 15 years ago where it just was so much more traditional and now you're dealing with Josh Allen twice a year and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? I mean, are you as amazed by the skill set of the quarterbacks as I am at times? You know, I am, but I'm also amazed how the rules kind of help these offensive players. Yeah. How they've changed over the years as well. Yeah. And I always tell the guys defensively, quarterbacks are the hardest people to tackle on the field. Right? As soon as they take off, 
They have the ability to slide. They have the ability to run out of bounds, and they're always going to get the late hit penalty. They have the ability to run you over like or juke you out, like you talked about, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes and, and Allen and Lamar Jackson, all these athletic quarterbacks. So it's tough to really get these guys on the ground. And sometimes as a coach, and I hate, I hate saying this to my players, but sometimes as a coach, you just have to say, you know, there's not much I could tell you to do differently there. Yeah. Gerard, you mentioned the issue of diversity, and you know Brian Flores well from your time together in New England. Uh, you, you, you were a player when he was on the coaching staff. You were a colleague when he was on the coaching staff. What's been the reaction by you? What's been the buzz among your peers as to the stand, the surprising stand for many, for most, for everyone that Brian Flores decided to take against the NFL? Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm still gathering the facts on that whole story. But what I will say is I definitely see the frustration as far as the lack of minority head coaches uh, in the NFL. You know, when you look at a league where over 70 percent of the players are black and you only have a you know, you only have really at the time one uh, black head coach. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And it's not about do you have people who are qualified uh, to, to really lead a team. And when I really look at these, you know, when I really look at the funnel, I look at the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. So the bottom of the funnel, I think they've done a great job as far as the minority hiring, okay, having these guys come in. And then here in New England, these guys have actually uh, been offered roles to stay with the team throughout the season and going forward, which I think is great. Now, when you go to the top of the funnel, as far as ownership is concerned, there are no black owners. There are, you know, there are no black owners in the league. It is what it is. Hopefully one day we, we won't have to say this, but that's what it is. But what I will say, the progress has been made is, especially this year, was just in the GM cycle, right? When you look at Quasi, you look at Pace, you look at all these guys, and especially the pipeline, the minority or the black GM pipeline or up and coming pipeline in the next cycle, like to me, that will start to trickle down into the head coaching and the coordinator cycle as well. But, you know, the Rooney rule, great idea, poor implementation. But at the same time, I think there's definitely things to be hopeful for. And at the same time, I can see the frustration. I feel the frustration from my brothers. Now, from my perspective, my personal perspective, remember, I'm only going into my fourth year of coaching. And so to have three head coaching interviews in, in, that, in three years, really, of coaching, I can't really complain. Now, if you look at it from another perspective, which I always think it's important to look at it from different perspectives, if you look at it from Leslie Frazier's perspective, look at it from Enemy's perspective, even look at it from B. Flo's perspective, there is true, true frustration there, and that is warranted, right? Warranted frustration because these guys are proven leaders, and there have been people with less, you know, less success, uh, not as much as they haven't accomplished as much on the field, and they're just not getting these opportunities. But at the end of the day, don't hire me because I'm black. Hire me because I'm competent. Hire me because I can lead a group of men and women after a common goal, a common vision, right, a shared vision. And, and hopefully that's why uh, hire me because I'm the best person for the job. Extremely well, well said. said, and we well hope said. it gets to that point in the NFL where those are the bases for the decisions that are made. Now, we can't let you go without asking you about Super Bowl commercial with Pete Davidson for Hellman's Mayo. I wonder how Gerard Mayo got a Hellman's Mayo gig. <laughs> I'm going to have to have someone explain that. I mean, I, don't, I mean, still, I'm, I don't give a damn what his last name is or anything. It's still amazing. He got with Pete Davidson. He's hanging out with the Kardashians now. I mean, damn. Just living a life. Tell Super us about her. Yeah, it's been great. You know, it's a natural partnership, you know, with Hellman's, Mayo and Mayo, right? Mayo and Mayo, really looking to tackle food waste. You know, most of these times when I do these commercials, I don't learn much, but I did learn some things during this shoot, which I thought was fascinating and also sad. You know, 40% of the food uh, that we take in here in the United States is wasted. When you think about it, it's close to half of the, the food that we take in is wasted. And then 40% uh, of that food comes out of our home. So we're not even counting what happens at, you know, the grocery stores and things like that. And when you talk about people, you talk about uh, social mobility, you talk about the struggles that people have out here in this country, like cutting back on wasted food would definitely uh, go long and go hard for, for the success of those people. So Hellman's has definitely taken a long-term vision here. You know, they're looking out to 2030 as far as programs put into place to help, uh, you know, get around the confusion of food labels, 
right? The best buy, sell by, use by date, like how we standardize that stuff going forward. And then that will lead to less food waste and, um, and hopefully a better world. Hey, that's a great point because my wife and I do that math all the time. Sell by, use by, is it good? Is it pass the smell test? I'm, I'm good with the that's smell right. test. She's like, just because it doesn't smell bad doesn't mean, doesn't it mean it's bad. <laughs> well, hey, awesome stuff. We look forward to seeing your commercial during the Super Bowl. And we can't wait until the day that you are coaching Sarah, head coach in a Super Bowl. I think it's going to happen sooner than people I still can't believe there's a New England assistant coach going to be on the Super Bowl commercial. It just doesn't. (laughs) I think that's the craziest thing of all. Uh, You the man, Gerard. You the man. Talk to you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time, pal. Take care. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to our set here at the NFL Experience at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Joining us now, a guy who really was one of the finest receivers of his day. 970 catches, 12,351 yards, six-time Pro Bowler, now an analyst with Inside the NFL. He's Brandon Marshall. Brandon, welcome back. Great to see you. Wow, man. Appreciate that intro. Dang, I forgot about it. You're the original beast, really. The original. The original beast? Yeah, you really are. There's so many beasts now. There is so many. That's what I mean, though. That's where I actually was going to go. Like, you were the first receiver I remember going, like, what the hell is this guy? I've never seen a receiver like this. And really, like, I feel like ever since you kind of came into the league, there's, yeah, they're growing on trees almost. That's right. Well, you know what it is? It's um, it's seven-on-seven football. Uh. That's what it is. I mean, for me, I had a uh, unique skill set because I was 6'5", 235 pounds playing wide receiver in today's game. That's a tight end, right? Yeah. So, and I, I was aggressive, and I played that way. I, I, I knew my role. I, I knew what made me different. Yeah. Right? So. You're the only receiver I ever threw the ball to, Mike, where he would turn around and get it, and he was looking to hit somebody. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. most receivers are just going, let me run away from him or get him down. And he was literally looking like, who can I throw my big hand into well, and stiff arm him? One of the first things I thought of as you were talking about right. him being the original beast is the guy we had sitting in that chair a little while ago, Debo Samuel. Yeah, right. Oh, I yes. Mean, yeah. yes. I mean, d- right. imagine what That's you right. would have done if they would have decided we're going to put him in the backfield oh. and give him the football and let him go run over some guys. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we were lucky enough to train Debo last year. And I just ran into him actually probably leaving here. Yeah. And uh, he's going to come back down. And he's just special. He's special. I think for him, he just needs to hone in on how he's going to recover and, and be able to do right. it again next year right. and a year after that. Right. right. So you have to be smart there. But you're talking about, you know, only receiver. You're the only quarterback to throw me the football on a Bosey ball. <laughs> this dude used to have me. Man, we used to be in there like 6, 7 in the morning, only ones at the facility. And Chris was just recovering with spleen, By right? spleen, yeah. Right. spleen, right? right? So, like, he still wasn't right. Yeah. And, and so – you know, I'll be in there early working out. He'll be in there early working out. Then he'll drag me into the little turfs area, and he'll just be throwing balls in different directions. He was the first guy I saw, like, you know, doing, like, weird things. I was standing on the BOSU ball, right? Like my <laughs> proprioception. 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 Yeah. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> All the stories. And, but he was a great teammate that way, too. First off, he was always looking to get better, right? I mean, we did a lot of summer. Just yeah. go to the – I'll meet you at the facility. Yep. Throw some passes or whatever. So he was always looking to catch, and then I get to get my work in and get better that way. And that's what I appreciated about the guy. I got to see well, – that was one of the coolest years I ever had with him. Yeah. Because he was going through contract stuff. He was, he was one of the best receivers in football, if not the best. There was the coaching change. Jay Cutler got traded. That's we had right. more drama yeah. that year yeah. and everything yeah. that went on with That's that right. year. And they promised him they'd pay him, and they didn't pay you during right. the year. And we were in the Eagles locker room, and I was going, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't play. He tells like this story this. all the time. Hold on, tell that story. I don't yeah. remember that yeah. one. We were in there, you know, just looking in the mirror like, hey, I, I want to look End of the season. Cool. End of the season. No contract yet. Right. right. Second to last game of the year. And it was me and you in there, and I was just this you know, before or after the game. No, it's before, and we're really? ready to go out finally. And you looked, you pulled, you were like messing with your wristbands, and you yelled like ah! And I was like, "What's up?" And you're like, "I can't play like this. I can't be me, knowing 
I'm about to be a free agent. They haven't paid wow. me. And I just remember going, damn, I feel I, I felt for you. I but, but but also you got to be honest, too, with the people that's watching and listening. Yeah. You, you know, you were like my sounding board. Yeah, you really you pushed were. me. We te- did you, no, we but like, te- how many times you like, B, calm down. Well. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have that, though. It's good to have something to right. vent too, because yeah. sometimes it just right. makes you feel better right. to get it out, to well, be able to articulate, yeah. and then someone can, can walk you back a little bit. Well, here's the, th- here's the special thing about Chris, and then also just the family. They all got it. His brother, dad got it, right? It's like relatability. A lot of times, quarterbacks, they can't relate. Right. And, and and Chris is one of the special ones where he can lead up, he can lead down. And so to be able to look at me in those moments and say, and I won't use the exact terms. Calm he, the f- <laughs> oh, <here we> go. <laughs> Just relax. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Back then it was, you know, you're so locked in and so personal. And, and, and so for him to be able to pull you to the side, <laughs> that's exactly what. And, and, and I could receive that. I couldn't receive that from anyone else. He was the first guy that was able to say, Brandon, you, do you not remember what happened last week? Last week you felt the same way. It was the same situation, but look how it ended, right? So he started helping me really critical thinking, right? That's really what it was, is critical thinking and be able to control my emotions in the game because I was super passionate about being great. I was super passionate about winning. Right. How do you channel that? And we see a lot of wide receivers. We see a lot of competitors uh, struggle with that. Yeah, it's tough. He would come off the sideline, Mike, and his veins would be popping out. (laughs) Two drives, hadn't touched the ball yet. And I could tell, like, oh, no, we're going to get a meltdown on the sideline. I could see him coming over. I'd have to be like, relax. And then he'd catch nine passes for 800 yards. And then you would walk game. up to me like, you see? see you, see dumbass? You. <laughs> Chris has told that story. It seems yeah. like every year because we are very pro from the player perspective of guys need to get paid when the window's there yeah. because you only have limited time. And, and so many fans, even today, and we try our best to push back and get them to understand because they root for the laundry. They, they root for the jersey. They, they right. line up behind the billionaires instead of understanding that the guys are out there putting it on the line right. every week need to get fairly yeah. compensated because they only get to do it for a little bit of time. You get to own the team for 50 years if you live that long. That's right. You get to play for 5, 10, 15 if you're lucky. So that story's come up at least yeah. once wow. a year because there's always a guy that would right. say, hey, folks, get off his guy's back and, and let this guy get paid. Don't right. get mad at him. Get mad at the people who aren't yeah. paying him fairly. Right. That's right. That's right. That's such, that's such a good um, uh, conversation to have. I mean, look at Chris Godwin, right? You know, it's a brutal sport. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's awesome. I love playing uh, the game. But at the end of the day, it's brutal. Chris Godwin takes a, a one-year deal, and then he blows out his knee. Now... Are we going to see Chris Godwin go get, uh, you right. know, eighteen million a year? Eighteen contract? a year? I know. I don't I think so. Right. I don't think so. Now right. that, that now he's in a bad position. You know, it, it's too much risk for the player. That's why when whenever you have an opportunity to sit at the table, get a deal done, you do that, and that's a good deal. A, a good deal is where you know it's, it's it's fair to the team and it's fair to the player. But you can't have one side taking all the risk. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, uh, you're you're the man. First off, you went through oh. like. You know, early, you know, struggles, mental health. You're one of the leaders in that conversation. And then, dude, your podcast, I Am Athlete. I mean, it's awesome. Are you going to come on? Are you going to invite me? Please. You know I mean? That would be so, legendary. So it will be. I, I would love to. I'd, I'd love to. I might do some things on that podcast. Can you smoke daddy cigars? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll Harrington that, did. Okay. Al Harrington. But that's yeah. what it is. That's what it's but about, yeah. man. It's a safe place for athletes, right? right. That's that's who that's who we are. Yeah. Right? Like we right. that's this is who the athlete is. Like, you know, in the NFL, I always say it's you kind of you're like it's changing now, but back when we were playing and before then, we were institutionalized. Like right. you got to fit in this box. You right. can't say certain things. You got to say it a certain way. You got to use certain terms and words. You got to dress a certain way, and that's not who we are. Like the, you know, locker room is made up of so many different cats that come from different walks of life, different experiences. So that's what I am athlete is: is being able to share, you know, uh, a table with with guys that come from different walks of life 
and you're seeing the raw emotion of the athletes, yeah. a safe place for athletes, conversations that we can't have on other platforms. You know, we want to I want to get athletes perspective and other people, you know, around sports when it comes to, you know, mindset, mental health, finances, relationships, because that's what we talk about in the locker room. No we doubt. spend more time in a locker room yeah. talking about life. And are you talking to me about my mindset? Yeah. Like we talk about that all the time on right. I Am Athlete. But how many times have we, you know, six, seven in the morning or after practice, you're the only one sitting there talking to me about Brandon, like maybe you should approach it that way. And so that is the platform, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Where can people find episodes of it and learn more about it? Yep. So Sirius XM and, and Stitcher and all audio platforms and then also YouTube. So YouTube, I Am Athlete. You, is that a studio you're doing that in? Or is that your house? Where are you filming a lot of those things? Yeah, right. yeah so um, friends, restaurants, and yeah. developments. You know I'm hustling, man. Around. I know you are. Yeah, I'm hustling. Mover, but the goal, But the goal is to, I call them baby Bristol. So we have these facilities called House of Athlete. We have, like like I said, Debo. Like Debo trains there. Yeah, right. So it would be cool to have Debo come jump on I Am Athlete Tonight, our five-day-a-week show. And then you have other podcasts. You have other shows. So I call them baby Bristol. The goal in the next year or so is to have our studios on top of our facilities gotcha. we have dallas we have tampa um we have south florida next year we'll do miami and la and we'll sit there for a little bit i mean you're still training are you boxing are you still doing this are you still boxing or i retire i thought no i retire i said if i didn't have the fight that i wanted come september the September that passed, and I was going to retire before damn. I even started. Damn, okay. I that means I never wanted to Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> I was going to say. Come on, that. man. I mean, yeah. Actually, yes. I, I Yes. The competitor in me, absolutely. I want to compete. I want to go out there. But from a business standpoint, this doesn't make sense for me. No. And you got a movie star face, and you just right. got all these famous right. podcasts. Even, now, we don't need you on there with black eyes and missing teeth and stuff like that. See, that's the competitor in me. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I'll get touched. <laughs> Not like that. I mean, you know, well, come yeah. on, no damage. Come on, man. Okay, fine. I'll have a little faith in you, though. You're doing yeah. a great job, though, Thank and you. it's a great example for all the athletes out there that aspire to Transition. be more, right? Because, you know, you only play football for a limited period of time, and uh, you're doing a great job yep. in the media, and uh, it's fun to watch, and it's great to talk to you, as always. You're a great Thank role you so model, much. man. You Thank are. You. My homie, Appreciate man. It. Damn, I love you, man. That's <laughs> Brandon Marshall. Answer. We'll be back with more. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, we yeah. don't have to go. go. Man, that's go. not go. You can call go. me, You can't just call No, you know exactly where I'm going. You know exactly where I'm going. You me one time, like, really All right, let's see. Let's see. No, I text you. No response. I just, you're supposed to be, I mean, come on, guy. Like, you know, I know you're this big TV personality he now. He texting me. Here, he called me one before you were doing your Fox show in the morning. One all right, morning. let me see. Okay, you responded. Yeah. Okay, see, you respond. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to see, we got it on flew up on him. Right, I'm like, oh, that's not what I recall. <laughs> oh, all right, thanks, Brandon. Think of my dad. Right. <laughs> Here we are in Los Angeles, getting closer and closer to Super Bowl Sunday, wrapping up our Wednesday program, or Thursday morning, if you want. I went to the ocean the other day. It was nice. Uh, you didn't get any sun. I, I, I was out in it. I got a little bit. You swam? No, no, I didn't get in the water. It was one of the days that was cool here, so I was a little like, ah, I can't jump in there quite like that. It was like I don't even know where the ocean is. Yeah, it's west. It's, uh, I don't even know which way west is. I need a compass. Uh, the sun uh, rises in the east and falls in the west. If you can't figure it out, i got to question your mental. People who are betting need a compass. Yeah. And <laughs> you are the compass, the odds booster from Chris Sims for uh, points bet. Let's, let's do a couple bet. of these. The Sim yeah. booster, a Sims booster bet. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. over 60 and a half receiving yards plus a Rams win. Boosted by points bet from plus 160 to plus 180. Why you like that? Well, I, I mean, first off, I mean, what do you think when you first see that number? Do you think that's a little low, too? Uh, it's definitely low. Yeah, right? Definitely right. low. Right. So I, I am a believer that the Rams are going to win the football game. Okay? I'm on record. That's already done. So there we go. And then with Odell Beckham Jr., first off, I've done this the last three weeks. He's hit three weeks in a row. I mean, he's uh, gone beyond expectations. I know, again, the Rams' offense poses a lot of problems. They got really good weapons. I know we, we talk about the Chiefs, and I sit here and go, man, I don't know. Who would you rather have, the Chiefs' weapons or the Rams' weapons? I think it's close. Cooper Cup, OBJ. You know, we'll see if Higby's healthy. 
Van Jefferson, that's a pretty good group. And, of course, we know Cooper Cup is always the, the centerpiece of that offense. And I got to think he's going to be the centerpiece of the thought for the Bengals defense to, hey, it's third and seven. We got to take him away. And one thing I find through my studies and watching film, Mike, and you know I love doing that stuff, is when, when they make Cooper Cup the number one read in a play, almost always Odell is the number two guy. So there you go. we got a defense. All their bright lights are, oh, no, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. And we still see him get the ball. But I do think OBJ, his talent, his comfort in the offense, it's all just continued to go in the right direction. And he has full appreciation of the moment. Yes, he does. He's wanted this his whole career. Right. He had the torn ACL last year out of Cleveland with the Rams. It's all working well. Yep. I think he rises to the occasion. And the harder they try to take away Cooper Cup, the more that OBJ is going to do. So I agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Another booster, Aaron right. Donald to have a sack plus a Rams win, boosted from plus 110 to plus 130. Not exactly going out on a limb. No. Nine sacks the Titans had. Yeah. Uh, if the Rams feast, Aaron Donald's going to be eating a turkey leg at some point. I, I would think so. I just hope it's not like to the point of one of those games, Mike, where, again, he's he's uh, messing the play up or effing the play up, as we talk about so much, and then doesn't get any of the stats to go along with it. But I have a hard time. Again, yeah, the Sims booster bet, plus 110 to plus 130. Aaron Donald to get a sack and the Rams win. Again, I'm picking the Rams to win this game. And, yeah, I just look at it and go, one thing that I look at from the AFC Championship game that I, that I think could be a little different from the the Bengals perspective and we talked about it earlier in the week the Bengals I thought were a little too stubborn with running the ball early in the football game and almost got borderline wait are you ever going to get Joe Burrow in rhythm in this football game and you know his stats and he really never got into a great rhythm of the game he made some plays with his legs and all that so I look at that and think hey they're going to have to throw there's a part of me that also looks at the Rams and thinks they're going to be in the lead which is going to lead to more Joe Burrow dropping back to throw the ball and yes you know you talked about it the Titans pass rush is good. The Chiefs pass rush is good. And none of them are as good as this pass rush we're going to see this Sunday with the Los Angeles Rams. So I'm going with that. So we know that you think the Rams are going to win. Right. Tomorrow we'll find out whether or not Chris thinks the Rams are going to cover. Right. That's a separate issue altogether. And now is the point where Chris has a long read. I sit here and critique every word that he says as he does it. Go. We'll see if I can do that. Don't bet on me reading this well, okay? That's the first thing. If you're eligible in a state, PointsBet has an exclusive offer for Sunday's big game. That's right. Here we go. Sunday's big game. Whether you are a new or existing user, if you bet a minimum of $20 on Cincinnati versus Los Angeles, you will be credited with a free $20, a free 20 free live bet to use during the game. Okay, so you got that? You put down 20 on the game, you'll be credited with 20 free more dollars to add to that. And if you are a new user, download the PointsBet app today and use code SIMS2020. All right? Sims 2020 to sign up. In addition to the big game offer, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. If, if, if your first bets lose, points bets will refund your stake in free bets so you can play again up to $2,000. Damn. Download the points bet app. I mean, I don't know what. They're giving you free money. What else do I got to say? Don't just bet this football, football season. Live your bet life with points bet. Download the damn app or I'll come find you, okay? B plus. <laughs> B plus. B plus. Pretty good. Better I tried to ad lib and then I screwed up a few yeah. times. But uh, yeah. That's it for today. We'll see if we can get an A plus out of the show tomorrow. Thanks to all of our <laughs> guests. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy your evening. And as always, thanks for some of your time. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.